Back on the big wake-up call, AM 1280, WBIG, I'm Ryan Gatenby, and my next guest is a Grammy Award-winning musician and songwriter. You hear his music here every week on the big wake-up call, as we are proud members of the Might Be Giants radio network, and uh, I am thrilled to say hello to John Flansburg. John, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, it's great to be on the big wake-up call. Um, that's, that's great. It's great to be on the air. I appreciate you calling in. How are you today? It's great to be waking up. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm recovering. We got off the road a week ago, and I've been, I'm recovering from this. Uh, basically, the second week we get home, like, my body collapses, so I got a tr- terrible cold, and uh, I'm just sort of emerging from that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having this, uh, this one in my rearview mirror. Can I share one gushing superfan story before we get into the actual interview? Uh, you know, if we could just make it wall-to-wall, you know, <laughs> flattery, that's, that's fine with me. But it's uh, it's memorable. So I was in freshman year of college, uh-huh. uh, 1990. I heard Birdhouse in Your Soul on the radio. I was in immediately. I walked uh, downtown in a snowstorm to the record store to get the cassette of Flood. I had exactly $11 to my name. That was my net worth. It rang up ten ninety eight, so I got it and uh, worth every cent. Oh wow! You know the, the, that album that was that was the best selling format of that album. There were more. There's you know there's more landfill of flood cassettes <laughs> than than any other version of, of flood. I think I still have the cassette, even though I've probably bought it in uh, three other formats. But that one was special to me. Yeah. No. No. It's. And, and, you know, the strange thing is it probably plays relatively well. You know, like tape is a very durable um, format. What's startling to me, and maybe it's just a generational thing that uh, uh, kids today are attracted to it, but I'm at Target. I understand vinyl coming back. I'm at Target, and and they have cassettes cassettes being re-released of of 80s bands. I just find that odd. Yeah, it's, you know... Like I, I, the thing I appreciate about vinyl is that it cannot slip into the back seat of my car. Right. You know, I've lost so many. I've lost so many amazing uh, albums uh, just by the portability of cassettes and CDs. You know, I actually, when we were on Elektra, um, I was given a copy of of D Lights demo on cassette okay and it was actually like the their demo it was it was it was all handwritten like the in the in the crazy delight writing that you know is on their album cover but by the but by the person who wrote it that way you know it was just hand done with a ballpoint pen and it's just a handmade tape and it was really interesting, and there was a bunch of things on it that never appeared on their first album. It had a really uh, odd version of Groove is in the Heart with the lead singer singing kind of out of tune, which is like, but it was still a really great song. Yeah. And, and you know, I would put on this song, and it's like, listen to this song. This song is like, this is a hit, you know? And, um, and it had a song called, like, D-Light Intro that was this crazy piece of electronic music. And I loved this thing, and it was very special to me. And then, and then, like you know, one day I opened that handwritten case, and there was no cassette in there. And I was like, "God damn it! Like, where'd it go?" You know. And I just have no idea where it slipped off to. 
but my only souvenir now is uh, is just an empty cassette case. Usually mine were just eaten by the tape deck of my uh, 1989 Pontiac Sunbird. Oh, uh, well, you know, a little proper maintenance on those cassette <laughs> recorders helps out a lot. But, uh, John, so the reason uh, we signed up, the reason we're part of your radio network is uh, is the, the rebooth, the resurrection of, of Dial-A-Song. What, what was your inspiration to uh, to bring it back for the modern era? Well, you know, it, it, it works on a couple of different levels for us. You know, it's, um, it's uh, you know, just as a, as a way for, like, our current audience, uh, a lot of whom kind of got into the band after we stopped doing Dial-A-Song, um, it's a way for them to kind of participate in the, the, that experience, and I think that that's, it's kind of just it's a, it's a nice thing for our current audience to be able to, you know, be part of uh, because it is a, it is a weird thing for a band to post a new song every week. It's a weird it's weird to be that kind of hyperactive. But um, the other thing is for for us, it's a way to have a, a lot of different songs that we're doing actually just be heard on you know on their own like they they every week like a song gets a its spotlight turns to a song rather than just doing an album and having it all kind of be a big blob right um and the way people consume music now whether whether it's on streaming sites or even just by you know having songs shared on social media it's always on a song by song basis in a way like it's one of those, like, you know, everything old is new again. It's like we're all in a singles club again. You know, you only hear individual songs. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good format for that. I just wish there was a way with uh, streaming that somehow, I don't know, you pair them, that you could uh, still have an obscure B-side. Oh, that would be, nice, be a nice idea. I don't know. You know, I wonder, I wonder if... The way people listen to, I wonder if, if listeners end up programming their, well, obviously they do. They end up kind of programming their lives a lot more like a DJ and a lot less like uh, like an album-oriented rock obsessive. You know, I think, I think everybody's really, like, digging their, their mixtapes. Um, and, and you mentioned just uh, a song every week, and as someone who attempts to be a songwriter, I'm just, I, the, the creativity, your productivity, you can write a song about uh, any subject in any style. I hate to ask a, a boring question about inspiration and ideas, because I know well, it's hard well, to explain. Now we're moving into the, the splattery zone that I'm, I've, I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, and Oh, where do you get your idea? I know it's hard to explain where it comes from, but uh, how is it you can put out so much material and, and it's all quality stuff? Well, I, I, I can tell you, I am an art school graduate, and um, one of the most valuable things I learned in my six-hour-long drawing class that I took every week, um, as, as the professor said, like, if you do six drawings a day, you, the chances of one of them being good vastly increase. And so, um, you know, we work on a lot of songs. You know, there's easily as many songs that never, you know, make it into the world. Um, so we write a lot. We also, there's two of us, so we're both writing a lot. And then we also, you know, collaborate on 
songs and, and trade files and do all sorts of kind of um, devicey things to create more songs. But we're just really, um, we're just kind of neck deep in the work. So you're on a slight break now from your tour. You talk about uh, decompressing. Uh, do, do you still enjoy that? Is, is touring in 2018, is, is it as much fun? Is it more fun than touring 20 years ago? Well, it's, you know, when we started, I couldn't really, I couldn't really sing for two hours. Um, so it's sometimes, it, or even an hour, and that was very frustrating. I've, it, I, part of it was I think I was just very nervous, and um, I've gotten... I've gotten much better at that, um, and I do all the sort of boring kind of, you know, performer things that people do to to have a better show. Like, I, I actually do, like, lots of vocal warm-ups and also all these things. So it's like, I think we're, we do a much more consistent, like, really high, we're really prepared to do the show when we do it, and... Um, and that makes for a much better show. And I, you know, like this last year of touring has been really satisfying on every level. Just like the band sounds great. We've got we're working with this trumpet player Kurt Ram, who's like great. Um, but you know, it's it's physically, you know, it's 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 it really takes everything we've got to do the show and then just get to the next place. It's like it's it's a very physically taxing thing. I mean, I I don't I don't think it's like doing like permanent damage to us but it's like uh but still it's like it's 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 a it's a real job do you see uh your, your audience has there you must have people that have been with you for decades you must have some sort of a changeover i i would imagine you have it's been long enough now you have kids that got into you through the kids albums that are now coming to the uh, grown-up shows that is true um it's it's a very uh we've had you know We've had many promoters in the over the past like decade or so sort of remark on how you know like whenever you hear somebody say like it's a really diverse audience like doesn't it always sounds really jive right I mean right. Like, like nothing is you know most most acts like most acts only attract one gender you know like it's like. I've been to shows where it's like the only people in the audience are dudes, you know, or like the only people in the audience are teenagers or the only people in the audience are people in their 40s. You know, it's just that that's a very normal thing to, to have a very specific audience. You know, it's not unusual. Like it, it's, it's kind of that's the way concerts work. What's really odd about our shows is they actually – we have pretty much a 50-50 male-female split, which is really unusual, evidently. And the age span is really wide. I mean, there are definitely people who we only play, we, by and large, we only play in stand, we play in clubs, so people are standing. Um, but there are definitely, like, some people who've been with the band long enough that it's like, we would really like to sit down, you know. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty different. Just uh, thinking that my oldest son is 19 and that I bought him Here Come the ABCs for his kindergarten graduation. Aww. Last year he got he wanted Flood on vinyl for his high school graduation. So just oh. you, you have you people just, uh, you know, for, for decades and decades. You know, I, I spent one evening years ago with Peter Tork from the Monkees, whose daughter was a They Might Be Giants fan, and he sort of used his 
monkeys leverage to uh, to you know get backstage nice. and of you know who's going to stop him and and um, so I actually you know sort of spent the evening with him and which was very interesting and but you know like his his life is his entire life is that is is just hearing people you know tell him how much you know his music is a part of their life and it's 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 a it's a weird you know it's it's extremely flattering but it's also um you know i think like if you're running for congress like you're not surprised when like you have to like you know get your photo taken with the baby because you're running for congress but like if you're in a rock band you don't think about people you don't like think there's going to come a time where people are like i really like your band you know like you know your band has meant that much to me. i i it's very flattering but it's it's very sort of it's it's a it's a it's a whole other layer of uh of of uh stuff that i'm i'm not really prepared to understand well, and on a much smaller level, I mean, it can happen, uh, you know, with with a radio show that you know there's there's something we could have talked about seven or eight years ago, and someone will come up. When you talked about this, it it really changed the way I thought about something, and and you don't even remember that, and that's kind of mind blowing that you can have that kind of an impact in people's lives. Oh, sure, but you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell I'll tell you a funny story. Are you familiar with? Oh, well, this is if this is too much of a shaggy dog story, but but a woman came up to us, you know, uh, at Bonnaroo. Uh, like right outside the uh, the, the uh, dressing rooms, and she just um, she just went off on how much the band meant to her. And then at the very end of it, she said, "And I just want to say, I really loved 500 Miles," and which is a song by a <laughs> the band, Proclaimers, by, by a band, the Proclaimers, which was a hit at the exact same moment as "Birdhouse in Your Soul." Like they, like they probably charted like months apart. Sure. Um, and you know they were a duo, we were a duo, like. You know, they both wore glasses. I wore glasses. Like they, I can see very easily how you would conflate the two, but like it was one of those things where I was like, "Well, I'm not sure how much it really meant to you if if you think we're the Proclaimers." Did you wind up incorporating a Proclaimer song into your act then when you went on? I, well, I have to say, I love the Proclaimers. I'm a huge Proclaimers fan, um, but. Uh, and I love the way they sort of attack a song. Like they've got this kind of yelling, yelping harmony style that <laughs> I think is kind of interesting. That's an idea I'd like to copy. Well, John, I want to take up uh, too much more of your time because I know you're decompressing. But uh, is there anything else you want to mention or you'd like to plug? Oh, you know, just thanks for uh, you know being part of this. Uh, they might be trying to radio network thing. It's 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 great to be on like a a, a real. You know, it sounds like you, you're running a commercial operation there, so it's, we appreciate the airplay. Well, just uh, going back, and if uh, I didn't know, little freshman college me knew that I'd be talking to you and getting a new They Might Be Giant song every week. Uh, my, my head might have, uh, if not exploded, I think it would implode. That's great. Well, thanks again. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great morning.